Parenting is often lived in the extremes. It's either great joy or chaotic overwhelm. In one moment, you're nailing it, and the next, you're losing your cool. I want to help you find your way to the messy middle, to a place of balance. You see, balance is a verb, not a state of being. It is a thing you do, not a thing you are. It is an action, a process, a series of micro-corrections that you make each and every day to keep yourself feeling centered. We are never truly balanced. We are engaged in the process of balancing. Hello, I'm Dr. Laura Froyan, and this is the Balanced Parent Podcast, where overwhelmed, stressed out, and disconnected parents go to find tools, mindset shifts, and practices to help them stop yelling at the people they love and start connecting on a deeper level, all delivered with heaping doses of grace and compassion. Join me in conversations that will help you get clear on your goals and values and start showing up in your parenting, your relationships, your life with open-hearted authenticity and balance. Let's go. Hello, everybody. This is Dr. Laura Froyan. And on this episode of the Balanced Parent Podcast, we're going to talk about co-parenting with one of my favorite Instagram and TikTok accounts. This is Ashley of The Conscious Co-Parent. She's also got a great podcast called Split, the After Ever After podcast. And she is so much fun. Her content is amazing. And I'm so excited to have her here for this conversation. Ashley, welcome to the show. Why don't you tell us a little bit more about who you are and what you do? Absolutely. Thank you for having me here. And thank you for that lovely intro. I mean, if that doesn't hype a person up, I will. Your reels and your TikToks are so much fun. I'm so excited to be talking with you and have everybody know you who needs help with co-parenting. Oh, thank you so much. Yeah. So I do love TikTok. Even just as a quick scroll through my page, we'll see that. So I actually work in the car business. I've been in the automotive industry for about 10 years. So that's my day job. But since I split with my ex almost two years ago, and I'm now a co-parenting toddler mom, about partway through my divorce journey, I found coaching. So divorce coaching and became really passionate about that. I met a local mediator. We've become friends and we started this podcast. I'm now in training to become a divorce coach myself because it's just something that I'm really, really passionate about. And I think that as difficult a process, separation and divorce, it could be so much easier and people Mm -hmm. can transition from like survival mode to truly thriving so much faster if they have the right support. So that's a little bit about me. I love that. You know, I think we need support at all big life transitions and divorce is a huge one. It's a huge identity shift. It's a huge shift for your kids and for your family. And why not have support? for that, you know? Yes, absolutely. I think that in the early stages, much like any difficult transition, like you said, people are really stuck in their like reptilian brain, you know, their Mm. fear, uh, fight or flight response. And so they're not curious about possibilities. They're not necessarily reaching out to all or exploring all avenues that they could take to get the job done. And instead, they're just very impulsive, just in that survival mode. Ironically, that's the time when you need the most support. So Mm -hmm. of course you do. And it makes sense too. like, as this is 
all happening. There's so much feelings. There's so many. There's stigma and shame layered in there. And there's fears about yourself and what it will mean, what it means about you, what it means for your family. There's all these thoughts that get flowing. And, you know, I didn't even know that divorce coaching was a thing. So I'm so glad to know that it is. That's awesome. Yeah, I think it is a loss, right? Like it's It's grief. It it, it totally is, you know, for your relationship, for your identity, like you said, for me, it was like the hopes and dreams of what, Mm. how I wanted my daughter to be raised and what her idea of family would mean. I grew up with my parents had divorced and that I never wanted that. I mean, nobody goes into a marriage mm-hmm. and, you know, has kids thinking, okay, yeah, we're going to split in a few years. And uh, yeah. yeah, you know, so. But statistically yeah. speaking, that's what happens a lot of the time too. Yes. You know? Yeah. And so then the question comes, how do we do it well? Right. So how do we do it in a way that preserves our dignity, preserves our kids' relationships with ourselves and with their parent, preserves kind of the common humanity in a family? Do you have any ideas? Like, how do you do that? How do you dissolve a marriage in a way that kind of builds a foundation for kind of a shared meaning around what this new way of being in a family is? Yeah, I would not label this as necessarily an easy task, but it can be done with, you know, a few things. One, having the support, like we said. Also, one thing that really helped me and and now seeing as I'm working with others within this community is shifting from like the story of divorce and what has happened in the past to the decisions of divorce and Mm. focusing forward on how you want to look back at who you were during this time and who you want to be. Because a lot of people, you know, they're holding on to all of this resentment towards their partner, all of this sadness, all these negative emotions. And it's not to say to just shove those deep down and not address them. Like certainly you need to do that, but it's focusing forward every step of the way. How do I want my future to look? How do I want my kids to grow up? through this because this is happening the relationship is over but what can I do today and moving forward to limit conflict and ensure that I can still live a happy life and my children can still live a happy life and also your former spouse too right yeah because of course we want good things for them too for the most part most of the time and I heard a piece in there that what you were saying too that it seems like taking really good care of yourself being very clear on what your work is to do and what's not the work of the children what where that work has to happen on your own with a therapist or with a coach right and having good boundaries around that process absolutely like I before this process, I really did not have a lot of boundaries in any of my relationships. So that was a big positive for me coming out of this. And where that started to take place is when I realized how little control I had moving forward. And I realized, obviously, when we were separating that when my former spouse had our daughter, he would be parenting his way. But I don't think I actually understood that until it started happening. And especially for people who are coming out of a relationship where there's very little trust, maybe there was uh, an affair or even just poor behavior 
between spouses, it's very hard to then entrust that person with the other person you care the most about in the entire world. Um, Because impossible. Yeah. And that kept me stuck in pure grief for quite a while. You know, I remember like there was about a week where I got really sick and I, I couldn't even get out of bed. And I had always like understood what real depression was. Like I thought I understood and I could empathize with people when they said like they were paralyzed with it, but like that happened to me. It's it's really important to have support in place and that self-care and have someone like a coach or a therapist to help you along the way. So how did you get past that point of just, I don't know if I can handle entrusting my kids to this other person when we're so different? I want to talk about differences in parenting styles, you know, Mm more generally, but that is a almost like a mindset kind of thing that probably has to get worked through. How did you do that work? Yeah, it really is. And, you know, I will say like my daughter loves her dad and he loves her. And I'm really happy that we're able to support each other so that, you know, we're both actively in her life. So I'm very happy about that. But like I said, there was little to no trust between us at the time. We had horrible conflict. It was court ordered by a judge that we had to have someone help with those exchanges. So, you know, Mm. without getting into the full backstory, just to paint a picture of like things were pretty rough. But, you know, realizing that legally, if your child is like, quote unquote, physically safe and not in harm or your former partner hasn't done anything to that you've been able to document as that the child is an unsafe environment, then that's it. You don't really have a lot of control there. So it's accepting that, but then getting to that acceptance piece was again, looking at how do I want our daughter to grow up and how is she when she's with her dad and taking myself out of the equation. Because when I separated what had happened between us and I looked at how are they when they spend time together, she was happy to see him. She was happy when she came back. Obviously some transitionary things, you know, she was very little. So like that when she would come back home after a weekend, she might have a few tantrums just because it was a big change. But overall, she was happy. It's really dividing what has happened between you and the other person Mm -hmm. and looking at how they are as a parent and what the relationship is between them and, and your shared child. Yeah, I love what you're saying. It's almost like, you know, when we have all of this stuff between us and the other parent, it's like taking off a pair of sunglasses so you can see the situation clearly, so we can see clearly what's happening between them. Yes. And there's a bit of the releasing of control. I mean, I think parenthood is a constant lesson in the art of letting go of control. Another opportunity to learn that lesson of releasing control, accepting what is, and then finding where your power is. Where do I get to craft a story that's meaningful for me, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's what I want, what I choose. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. And I think that's why, again, going back to support is so key because a lot of people, even if they're not necessarily going into litigation, but they meet with a lawyer and have a consultation and find out what are my legal rights? What are their legal rights? And if there's been some sticky situations in the past between you and your partner and you may have some concerns and you have a lawyer tell you, well, you know, this might be a 50-50 access situation, regardless of how you may feel about that person and the lack of trust. 
that is really hard to absorb. So having someone like you said, who can be your thinking partner and help you get curious and more open-minded about, okay, let's just see where this goes and giving it a chance. And then again, not focusing on what's happened in the past. I just think that's really important. I think so too. You know, I heard you say just a little bit ago too about you talked really openly and candidly about how hard it has been for you. And I really appreciate that message because I think that sometimes we can get like rose colored glasses kind of view on social media and stuff. And Mm -hmm. I really appreciate that about your content that you give a much more realistic view of the parts of it. And we get to see how it's hard sometimes but we also get to see the benefits of putting a kid first putting the relationship that the child has with each parent ahead of our other adult concerns what are some of the things that like that you feel like parents need to know about co-parenting like the what are the myths that you like to bust what are the you know the common misunderstandings So there's a lot on social media, like you just said, about co-parenting, which I think it's great that it takes away a lot of the shame and guilt associated with divorce when kids are involved. So I think that's awesome. But the part that I don't like and why I'm really building up my content with, you know, my experience is you don't have to be best friends. And that is for things to be successful and to have low conflict and to have children who feel equally loved by their parents and feel like they still have a family unit. You don't have to be besties. In fact, that can quite often lead to lots of conflict. And the people that I've spoken with and you know, the podcasting that I'm doing now myself, that's not like the norm. That's why I try to do a lot of videos about, you know, I did one recently where my ex and my fiance are just having a quick chat in the driveway after pickup and drop off. And that was a win. We couldn't have done that a year ago. This was huge. Even just being able to do pickup and drop off between the two of us and not have a third party anymore, like is great. And so I think it's celebrating those little wins is really important and, and it builds your confidence back up. I know when I was going through this, like my confidence as a parent was at an all time low. I just felt like I'd let my daughter down and I had ruined her life, but that's not the case. I think you should just strive to do whatever necessary to keep conflict low because studies and research shows that it's not necessarily the divorce itself that determines a child's resilience. It's the amount of conflict within the family or between the parents. Yeah, I'm so glad you're mentioning that research. I think that that is something that is still so misunderstood about divorce and separating. I know that there are people listening right now who are contemplating it and staying in a home that's filled with conflict and not great interactions. Mm -hmm. And they're staying for their kids because they love them and they want to give them a family, you know, that they thought they were supposed to have. The research really is pretty clear that divorce itself is not the problem. It's the conflict that's the problem. Mm -hmm. So, and regardless of whether you stay together or you don't, you got to learn new conflict skills, right? Regardless. (laughs) For sure. And Jennifer and I on our podcast, we talk a lot heavily about communication skills. And, you know, another kind of benefit to me in this whole journey is learning how to be a better listener 
and how to be an active listener and how to communicate my needs clearly. And again, bringing it up again, but boundaries. Boundaries. <laughs> and, and respecting boundaries. Yeah. And so, you know, sometimes have people slide into my DMs like, I just texted him this. Now he's saying that or she's saying that. And it's like, okay, first of all, you're texting. Why are we texting? <laughs> <laughs> we don't need to text. Yeah. So, what do we need to do? How should we communicate with our co parents? So, there's a few options. Like, some people will use apps such as like our family wizard, which I don't use personally. It's an app that you can text through. It logs everything, it tracks everything, and it also filters out any, you know, inappropriate mm -hmm. language, which can be helpful. But I think the greater takeaway in forms of communication is to do whatever you need to do to ensure that you are responding and not just reacting. A lot of the time when you get a text, it can derail so quickly because you're making assumptions about what was said and you're replying too quickly. And more often than not, we're not taking the time to really think about what the person's trying to say and what we want to say back to focus forward. Mm -hmm. So I would personally recommend, first of all, is it child-centered? Because if it's not, really don't need to get into that. Also, it's a lot, but this is where boundaries come in because I would never say you want to just go someone entirely, but you need to make it very clear if you can early on that I think it's best that for right now, we just try to focus on only communicating about what the kids need, their immediate needs are, and giving yourself some space in the beginning. Know that it's definitely possible you can maybe grow a bit of a friendship later on and have more chit chat later on, but your emotions are so intense in the beginning, like you need that space. They may always be intense. They may always be, and that's okay. Yeah, an intense relationship with this person, a deep love for yeah. this person that created a family. You know, yeah, of course, yeah. those things might always be there. Okay, so then maybe after we're out of kind of the intense conflict stage, mm -hmm. we've done some of the pieces that you're talking about here where we've had really conscious communication, we've had really good boundaries, and maybe we're moving into like where we can feel a little bit more comfortable. Are there ways to kind of get on the same page as parents when you're co-parenting? You know what I mean? So we talked about like before, you know, when like we just have to kind of accept that they are going to do things different. I believe that to be true, even when you are parenting in the same house, there's a piece of staying in your own lane, no yeah. matter where your parenting partner is parenting, you know? Yeah, I think it really depends on who you were as a couple and the reasons why you divorced in the first place. You know, maybe if it was just like lack of communication, mostly, and like, you know, over years that built mm -hmm. up, and then there was just no going back, you probably have a much greater chance of being able to, like you said, once things have settled, you have a parenting plan in place, your divorce is finalized, maybe you both have new partners. Is there a chance that your kid tells you something that happened at your former spouse's and you want to have a discussion about it with them and it goes well? You can set time aside make time for a discussion, honor that time and move forward. But you are coming from a really toxic relationship or someone with a personality disorder. There was some abuse. Like you don't necessarily have to full on parallel parent where you basically don't talk at all. But I think that in order to keep things as low conflict as possible, unless it's a, a health or safety issue, 
you should really try to stay in your own lane. Like just as an example, I'm in a fairly good place with my ex now, but I catch myself wanting to insert myself into his parenting still quite a bit. Like we had a little bit of chit chat today just on the phone about something. And he told me about my daughter throwing a tantrum over the weekend. And he said he had to put her on a timeout. You know, I told her you're going right to your bed. And immediately I wanted to be like, can we just not call it like you're going to bed? Like, were you doing the one, two, three? Like I, you know, I wanted to go into that, but I knew if I did that, you know, there was a chance he might react by you're questioning me, you're questioning my parenting. Mm -hmm. And ultimately I know she was okay. They adapt to their circumstances, right? Like, I mean, even who my daughter is at daycare is probably a little bit different than who she is with me. Her teacher and I both have rules, but they're not exactly the same. And that's okay because she learns different things from daycare and different things from me. And that's what makes us all well-rounded. So I don't know if that really answers. No, that's so helpful to think about those things. And there's a piece of it too that like we can't be responsible for all of the relationships our children are going to have. We're responsible for the relationship we have. We can absolutely do things to protect the relationships that they have with other people. I mean, Mm -hmm. and this goes for everybody in our kids' lives. I had to figure this out with my own parents, that they would do things that I did not like, that were not in line. And I had to figure out, like, where is the line? Where is damage occurring? Where is hurt occurring? What is my role in this? Is my role to set a limit, help my daughter set a boundary? Is my role to comfort my daughter afterwards? Mm Because my daughter has some really firm body boundaries. She does not like to be touched unexpectedly. She has a heightened nervous system from some birth trauma and it's just there, mm-hmm. you know. And so there's one grandparent in particular who touches her unexpectedly and it's really hard on her nervous system. A lot of my work with her has been rather than focusing on that grandparent has been focusing on my daughter. Yes. Her. How do you set that boundary? How do you communicate that, you know, to empowering your her? One? I think it depends on that note. And I love everything that you just said there. Like, because my daughter is very young, there's only so much that I can do with her. But I know with older children, absolutely, it's having the discussion with them and and asking them Mm -hmm. what they're okay with and what they're not okay with. Because sometimes like I have a lot of people say my ex is asking our child to call the, the new partner mom or dad or some name that they're not okay with. And the thing I always think, and I know this is painful. I know it's a sensitive thing, but it's like, okay, well, how does the child feel about it? Is the kid okay with it? Is the kid maybe saying something different to you because they know you're not okay with it? Like it's, Mm -hmm. we have to ask these questions. We have to ask what's best for our child, not like, what are we getting upset about? What are we inserting into this situation? Like getting our ego out of it about the kid. It's so hard to do that. That feels like it must be just like this like rubber band that just wants to bing back right into place. And you're kind of just having to push it off to the side. And it's kind of just always giving you a bit of resistance. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, even when you were describing the situation with your daughter and the grandparents, I mean, it makes Mm -hmm. me think of, you know, grandparents in my own situation. And I love my parents too, but you know, sometimes they do things differently and it's so hard. It's so hard not to say anything because, and it's just, it's recognizing like, okay, I'm having this thought. I'm kind of being triggered by this, but it's because I love my kid and I just 
want what's best for them. Even just taking a minute to acknowledge that it brings me a little sense of relief. Like, okay, I care. Therefore I'm doing a great job. Yes. And that little like touch of compassion for yourself too. That sounds like a little like mini compassion break that you're giving yourself just a little bit of like, oh, okay. That's what this feeling is, is love and protection and safety and wanting to show up for my kid okay that I'm a I'm a good person and now and then we can lead when we bring a little bit of compassion just a smidge to our conversations we show up differently our tone of voice is different Mm -hmm. we're softened and we get a better result don't you think Absolutely. And you said, yeah, having compassion for ourselves and for the other person in case of divorce and co-parenting, having compassion for the other parent. I mean, even professionals, like I'm sure even you, you know, you've been faced with situations as a parent where you're like, I think I know what to do, but I don't like, I don't know hundred percent. I'm kind of just trying my best here. And we don't know for sure on so many things, I guess, is what mm-hmm. I'm trying to get at. And so even though, you know, we want to say to the other parent, I think you should be doing it this way. Well, why? Like a control thing or what? And then I think like over time, if you don't make a mountain out of a molehill on every little thing, then when you're faced with something that just really isn't sitting well with you for a few days and you really want to address it, then you have a much greater chance even in a very high conflict situation of having the other person give you the opportunity to calmly voice your concerns and if you're keeping the concern like child focused I think you're doing this wrong you know instead of that maybe I have concerns about our child you know about this area of their development or this piece Mm -hmm. can we talk about that or even sometimes I ask my ex if it's something I that's just not sitting well with me I'll say hey I've been really struggling with this like have you noticed that with her has she been acting out with you in this way and I just ask yeah and then it's not confrontational it's just a conversation and it's just both it's me saying hey like I'm not perfect can we work together on this yeah, it's teamwork. That's yeah. And that's what that felt like to me when you were saying it. Yeah, I love that. You're kind of touching on all of the four C's of conscious communication, right? So I'm getting really clear on what it is that you want to say, what your goals are, that you're focused on your child, getting curious, what could be going on? You know, what do I like? Curious with yourself, curious with them, compassion. I mean, you're touching on all of them. The fourth C in there is connection. And I think like if we're prioritizing the connection that our child has with us and yeah. with their partner, because with their other parent, regardless of how we feel about the other parent, that connection, that parent-child relationship is important, right? Yes. And regardless of how we feel, we've got to, it's the relationship that we have to support, right? The connection, yeah? Yeah, absolutely. You nailed it. All of that, yes. <laughs> okay, good. Okay, well, I really appreciate this conversation. I feel like we don't get to talk about it enough. And so I'm really glad that you're putting this information out there for parents who really, really need it. Where can people find you? I know I mentioned your, your handle on Instagram. I kind of like, I'm just out on Instagram today, you know, these days you're the conscious co-parent on Instagram. Yes. Um, Where can they find you, you know, on TikTok or your podcast? Thank you. So yeah, the podcast one more time is split the after ever after podcast. And that is with myself and my co-host is a family law media and she's just amazing she specializes in really high conflict situations and just a communication expert all around Um, and we have some really great guests on that show so you can check that out but the best way to connect with me is really if you're on instagram go to instagram and in my bio i have a link to 
all my other media outlets. So TikTok, Facebook, and a bunch of links as well. A website is in the works, but not up yet. Yeah. Oh, I hope that you have a, a course coming out soon or something, some way people can learn with you. Yes. Thank you. My coaching certification will be done in April. And then I have a certain number of hours until mm. fully, fully certified and ready to take clients. So Good for you. Okay. It's exciting times. Get everybody get over there and follow her so you can get on the ground floor of all the beautiful things that she's building. Ashley, thank you so much for being here. I really appreciate it. It's a conversation that is so important and it was so helpful to have you talk with us. Thank you. Thank you, Laura. I love what you put out into the world equally, if not more. So it was an honor to be here with you today. Well, thank you so much. This was so fun. Okay. So thanks for listening today. Um, remember to subscribe to the podcast and if it was helpful, leave me a review that really helps others find the podcast and join us in this really important work of um, creating a parenthood that we don't have to escape from and creating a childhood for our kids that they don't have to recover from. And if you're listening, grab a screenshot and tag me on Instagram so that I can give you a shout out. Um, and definitely go follow me on Instagram. I'm at Laura Froyan PhD. Um, that's where you can get a behind the scenes look at what balanced conscious parenting looks like in action with my family. And plus I share a lot of other really great resources there too. All right. That's it for me today. I hope that you keep taking really good care of your kids and your family and each other. And most importantly of yourself. And just remember, balance is a verb and you're already doing it. You've got this.